0: But it's fantastic again to uh, to have all of you, and now it's still kind of weird to describe this as live because we've been live, but live on Main Street or live at church online on the other side of the screens. We're glad to have this community kind of thing. And today we're in episode two of a four-part episode series called "Pray." Uh, we're looking at four specific prayers of the Apostle Paul, and we're no longer going to be praying safe, small, general prayers as passionate followers of Jesus. We're going to pray big, God-honoring, faith-filled, and specific prayers, just like Paul prayed. And when you study the prayers of Paul, you're going to find that frequently he slides into a rhythm. He has a way of doing things, uh, and there's going to be specific phrases that he's going to use, and we're going to be focusing on, so that. That's what we're going to see. Um, So that, and then he shows us the desired result. So last week we saw... Pray, I pray that you would be filled with power so that Christ may dwell in your inner being. He prays so that, and then we see his end result. So last week we are praying for power, and I hope that you will continue to pray for power this week and going forward. But today we're going to look at another specific prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. It's one of the most important things that you can pray for Christians that you love. So i got a question for you again, and I'd love it if you could help me out, whether you're here at uh, Church on Main Street or Church Online, participate in this. If there was a specific prayer that you could pray for others, for other Jesus followers that would help them with a full understanding of every good thing that they have in Christ, would you pray it? And I could... I kind of hope that the answer is, is yes and that at, at home you're raising your hand and, and we're not going to do a survey or anything to make sure that that's what you're doing, but, but I, I hope that that kind of a prayer is a prayer that you'd want to pray. I hope that you pray it on behalf of me. I, I hope that you would pray it on behalf of my family. I hope that you'd pray it on behalf of your family and on Christians that you love, that they would have a full understanding of every good thing that they have in Christ. That you should pray for that. Um, that they would be continue, and the way to do it is to be active in sharing their faith. And that part, I know, makes people a little bit nervous. So if, if you want to see somebody you love have a full understanding of everything that they have in Christ, then you should pray that they would be active in sharing their faith. Now, why would I say that? I like to say it like this. No, 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 why would I say that? That's when you're supposed to ask me, why would you say that? Well, I'm so glad that you didn't ask me, but you're supposed to ask me right there. I would give you the backstory of this uh, amazing little book in the Bible that we're going to look at right now. It's a tiny little book called Philemon. Um, It's actually a personal letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to one of his friends, Philemon, who's a successful businessman who hosts a small house church. And one of his slaves, because yes, they did have slaves at that time, ran away. Slave's name is Onesimus. Onesimus ran away from Philemon, ran all the way to Rome, where he met up with the Apostle Paul. We don't know exactly how it happened or what went on, but we do know that the Apostle Paul um, led the slave Onesimus to have a relationship with Jesus. This guy is massively transformed. Something happens in him that is, you can't argue with it. And Paul's saying, this is the real deal. So Onesimus says to Paul, I need to go back to Philemon. I I need to go back and make things right. Jesus has changed me and I need to go and do right things. So hearing this, Paul says, okay, well, let me write to Philemon because they're friends. So he writes a letter vouching for Onesimus. Basically, Philemon, you need to understand, Jesus has changed this guy's life and he's coming back. Now, I want you to receive him as a brother in the Lord because that's exactly what he is. So Paul's writing this heartfelt, very emotional plea um, to his friend, the business owner, on behalf of the slave whose life has been transformed. Finally, brief letter. So it only has one chapter. We're going to start by looking at verse 4. So chapter 1, if you want to call it that, in verse 4. I always thank God... As I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. So that's reason one. Second reason, because of what? Because of your love for all the saints. I want you to think about this. I thank God, Philemon, because I hear you love other Christians in such a beautiful way. They know it, we know it, everybody around knows what you do and how you treat them. It's amazing. I thank God that you were treating the people of Jesus like that. A deep love for the Jesus followers. Then in verse 6, Paul goes on, he says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Why? I mean, don't miss it. There it is again. It's the so that. What we have so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. One more time, because I think this, it's hard for it to click the first time because I think there's also a natural resistance built in for us. Paul says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. So why did he pray the answers right there, so that you would have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And that full understanding seems like a pretty good thing, it's a pretty important idea. Now, what I want to do is something that I do on kind of a regular basis, but I want to, I want to pull you in on this for this time. I want to read into this story, and that's what I often try to do. I try to get the backstory, uh, I try to ask questions about what might have been going on that brought about what we see happening, what what was happening in Paul's mind that led him into this prayer. And so what I want to do is work with you with a theory, okay? It's a theory. This is not scholarly documented history. This is not from the Bible. But here's what I think might have, could have, perhaps happened. Imagine this. Slave runs away, gets to Rome. In Rome, meets Paul, and maybe maybe he's hurting. We don't know a lot about him. Maybe he's got questions, and maybe he's uh, afraid now. Maybe he's uh, spiritually lost or something. Paul hits it off with this guy. They connect, and Paul tells him, oh my gosh, I was like you. I used to hate Christians, but then I met the risen Christ in a powerful way. You, you need to know him. He'll change your life, and something happens, and maybe the Holy Spirit prompts Onesimus, and there's this change, right? And he goes, wow, yes, I need that. And he prays, boom, he's transformed. And it starts to show up in other ways. And Paul starts talking to him, where did you come from? Yeah, well, actually, I ditched working for a guy named uh, Philemon. Philemon? Dude, I know him. Oh, my gosh, he's amazing. He's got a house church in his home. Wait, 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 wait. You worked for Philemon? And you're not a follower of Jesus? didn't Philemon ever tell you about Jesus? Oh no, he didn't. Philemon, I thank God that I hear about your faith in Jesus and your love for all the saints. You are really loving Christians well. But if we're reading into this, we're adding something in, maybe what we're thinking here is, hey, wait a minute. But don't forget to share your faith, especially with the people that you're around every single day. I pray that you'll continue to share your faith. The reason I think perhaps, maybe, right? Perhaps Paul was doing this is because he knew that was it's true then and it's very much true today as well, that one of the most dangerous places a Christian can get to be is an inward-looking, self-centered version of Christianity. Where instead of loving people who are far from God, we start judging people who are far from God. Instead of having an attitude of trying to reach out to bring help and to bring hope, we have an attitude of trying to retreat, trying to run away from them. Before long, a lot of people are like, stay away from the world. Back away because the world is bad. The world will corrupt you. Stay away from those people, people like that. They're the non-Christians. Those are the ones that let their kids watch SpongeBob SquarePants. Keep your kids away from them. And it's just a retreat-ism. It's a run-and-hide-ism. It's this kind of fear-ism stuff. And here's the deal. The last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven was, Christians, he didn't say this, Christians, don't go into your houses and hide. Like, that, that's not what you're supposed to do. He said, go out into the world and shine. Reflect the light of the world. Go into the world. Preach the gospel. Baptize people in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Make disciples of everyone you can find everywhere. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You don't run from the darkness. You shine in the darkness. The darkness helps you to shine that much more. The problem is that so often we become inward-looking. And we start arguing over stupid things that that's not the way that we do church, so that's not the way that anyone should do it. Well, that's not really what that Greek word means, and that's not the right version of the Bible, and all this kind of stuff. And Paul says, you can almost hear him saying, don't do that, don't become like that Philemon. Be active, always be active in sharing your faith. Sharing it. I know this is important, and I think that maybe you can resonate with this. You go, I know that stuff's important. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that we're supposed to delight in it and to display and to describe the love of Jesus. We know it's important, and yet, we don't do it. Why? Why don't we share our faith? Why is it so hard? And honestly, I I think there's all kinds of reasons. I think one of the reasons is we just get busy. We allow other things to come in, and we forget about the importance of it because I got other stuff to do. I think one of the reasons we don't want to be... That weird person, right? Back up, buddy. Back off. You're freaking me out, okay? We don't want to force our our beliefs on other people. And I think that's absolutely fair. I think probably the biggest reason that most of us don't more often share our faith in Christ is that we feel like we just don't know enough. We we feel like, you know what, if, if I knew more, right? I would definitely do it more if I knew more. But I feel like I don't know enough. So I'm not qualified. If I knew it better, I could say it better. And if I could say it better, then I don't have to worry about getting caught with questions and answering poorly. Here's the tension that I want you to see. We think that if we understand more, then I would share my faith more. But Paul is implying in this prayer that that's not what happens. He's saying that when you share your faith, what happens? You understand more. So let's see if this can help. Let's see if, how this plays out in everyday life. Can I, um, can I get the first part of that cycle diagram, please? Thank you. Um, this is what it's going to look like. You can put it in your notes. Jot down if that'll help you. Paul is praying that we would constantly or consistently share. There's your first part. Uh, our faith in Jesus And when we share our faith in Jesus, something very positive happens, and that is that lives are are impacted. There's number two. Lives are changed. Um, maybe, Maybe you're the one planting the seed in somebody's life. Maybe you're the one who's watering the seed that somebody else planted. But God is making a difference in people's lives. And as you do this, Paul is showing us that something else amazing happens as you share your faith you actually gain understanding, a full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. That's number three. Suddenly you're growing deeper in your relationship with Jesus and, and you recognize that you're dependent on the spirit. We have to work together. We're in partnership here and you're following, uh, you're following him more closely and in, in doing that, you're falling more in love with him because you can sense his presence in your life and it's transforming you. You know what it now feels like to walk in the spirit. And so you want to share your faith even more because you're experiencing it as you go. And that sense of partnership deepens. You grow an increasingly outward, loving, concerned focus toward other people. You have that outward focus. That's number four. When you have this, there are two things. Th- these are the big two things that you've, that you've hit on. You're loving God and you're loving people. That's what we're supposed to be about, right? Love God, love people. And then when you do that, You want to share your faith even more because it becomes alive in you and you are experiencing it yourself. More lives are impacted and you grow deeper in your understanding and you have a more outward focus. You're being made into the likeness of Christ. You're becoming more like him and then you share your faith. It's a very positive experience for you and then uh, that's often what happens. But unfortunately, this is the way, the alternate way you could write this story. We feel like we don't know enough. We're not ready. I'm not good enough. So we don't share our faith. Just zip it. Keep it quiet. Don't want to be the weirdo. Lives are not changed. Lives aren't impacted. And uh, we we continue just doing kind of our own inward-looking Christian thing. We don't grow spiritually in a deeper understanding of all that we have in Christ. Therefore, instead of having an outward focus, we have an increasingly inward-looking focus inward-looking Christians, it's arguably an oxymoron in itself, then we're no longer sharing our faith. And we have a cycle that reinforces that. And, And as that happens, we become lukewarm, and increasingly lukewarm in all that we do. It impacts all of the different areas. And this is one of the reasons why I believe, hypothetically, that Paul was praying for Philemon. Man, you love your church. Yes, that's great. But don't forget, keep sharing your faith. Keep expressing it. And as lives are changed, you will have a full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. And then you'll have an outward focus that will grow. And you'll have a very positive spiritual momentum that will drive it forward. It will drive you into closeness, into partnership with Christ. It will impact your life as you go. We want to be a church of people who are learning to pray. We haven't arrived. We're learning. We're getting better at it. Last week, we were praying for prayer, for power, I want you to keep praying for that, that power that would be there. But today we want to add something else to that list. And what we're going to do is over time we're going to keep adding uh, this rich arsenal of spiritual things to focus on in your prayer. So today we're going to add this new one. We are praying for other believers that we love. We're praying for ourselves that we would continue to share our faith. So pray for your teenager, pray for your college student, pray for your eight-year-old, pray for your spouse, pray for your pastor, pray for your steer com, pray for the Christians that you work with. Pray for you, that you would continue to share your faith in Christ, that you would be active in sharing your faith in Christ, not handing off a system of rules or principles, but your faith. And when you do, you'll be growing towards that full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. Now, let me warn you, warn you kind of clearly that if you begin to pray this, when you begin to pray this, you will begin to have the opportunities that you pray for, perhaps multiple ones. They're going to come your way, that you will be given opportunity to say something. And since many people don't feel fully equipped, I want to help you with four simple ways to share your faith based loosely on some stories that we can find in Scripture. So when God moves, uh, when, when, when He moves and He gives you these moments uh, in response to the prayers that you're praying to give me these moments, you're going to be adequately equipped to share your faith, to get a deeper understanding. And suddenly you're going to see that forward spiritual momentum, that those dry spots, those rough spots, that you can come through them. Momentum in your life. God uses you to impact others. So four different ways to share your faith. Number one, you can be loving, but direct. Always be loving, that's our signature. But there will be time to be direct. So in Acts 2, this is what Peter did. He was preaching to thousands of people. He was loving, but he was direct. He said to them, you need to repent of your sins. You need to turn to God. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Boom, super direct direct. Right there, out in the open. Hey guys. He's not saying, why don't you start to begin to think about maybe some spiritual things or maybe some options that you've got. Just see what would happen. That's not the way he's doing it. He's just as direct as you can possibly, possibly be. You need to repent of your sins. You need to turn to God. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Totally direct. There will be times when the Holy Spirit will lead you to be direct like that, and then you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But you don't be like that all the time, okay? If you do that all the time, you are a freaky Christian, and you scare people away, okay? Don't be scary. Listen for the Spirit to guide you there. If He leads you, then you follow. If you go without Him, well, you went without Him. You went alone. And the other person will not be prompted by the Spirit to respond. You do it when God leads you, and then you're very, very direct. Second, second way that you can share your faith, uh, and every one of you can can do this one. It's really easy, and you can do it at any time. You can share your story. More accurately, parts of your story, okay? Uh, The whole story all at once is just overwhelming. It's too much. But elements, chapters, scenes... your life, They can be very, very helpful. That helps you to build relationship and and to build trust, which is what you want. You're not trying to get a soul. You're trying to create a relationship with a person. Every one of you have a very powerful story if you're a follower of Jesus. In John's gospel, ninth chapter, there is an amazing story of a guy who was born blind. And Jesus uh, comes and and, and opens his eyes and he can see. And all of a sudden, uh, all the Pharisees are debating. They're going on, well, whose fault is it that he was blind? I mean, we should get to that first, right? And then he goes, was, was it his parents' fault? Another guy comes in, well, Jesus healed them on the Sabbath. Well, then Jesus is a sinner, and maybe he wasn't ever really blind. And so they question this guy, and they're, they're going back and forth with him, and he's, he's like, um, I don't know what you're talking about, all right? Uh, I, I don't understand the deeper meanings of all the, those theological debates that you guys are having, but all I can tell you is that I was blind, now I see. Uh, you, you guys argue all you want because I'm sure you're doing important stuff. But, but now if you want my story, yesterday I couldn't see. Today I can see. I, I can see. You guys are kind of ugly when you're mean. But I can see you now. All I know is that I was blind, but now I can see. Some of you, your, your greatest weapon in love and sharing this way is your story. All I know is that I was an addict, but because of Jesus, I'm not. All I know is that I used to be hurting, but because of Jesus, I found peace. All I know is that I used to be lost, but I found Jesus, and now now I'm found. You tell your version of your story of what you have experienced, and God uses it to impact. Other people, it's amazing when you start this, how frequently you will find a place that your story will overlap and interact with their story. Things pop up, right? Like, oh, I lost a child too. Yeah, I know that. Oh, we had a miscarriage too. Yeah, I was rejected by a church too. I know what that's like. Oh, I had this happen to me too. And let me tell you what God did. You can be loving and be direct. You can share your story. Number three, you can invite people to church. Doesn't really get any easier than this one, right? Just just come with me. Come with me to church. Just just jump on, on, on Church Online. Join us. Maybe you can even start to plan ahead. You want to get ready for this. So the second week in October, we're going to start a new series. And it's all about relationships. It's about dating. It's about marriage. It's about sex. This is an easy way to begin to invite people. Because uh, relationships impact absolutely everyone. We are all impacted by them. Relationships are a matter of life and death importance for most of us. And so whether you're, you're, you're fed up with dating or uh, hooking up as, as usual, you're tired of being single, you're numb because of porn, your casual sex is just not what it used to be, and uh, of course, if you're curious about how to improve your marriage, there's something about that. It's all about talking about these relationships, and that's what we're going to do. So whether you're looking to date, you're single, you're, you're dating, you're engaged, you're married, you're divorced, you're single again, you're married again, you're widowed, you're single again. We're in the middle of this relationship matrix. So, All of us fit into it, and its the series is going to be called Swipe Right. It starts the second week in October. Number one calling that we have is to love God and love people. And this next series it helps us to do that from a different angle. So please, use it to invite someone if that helps. But enough of the commercial. It's easy to invite someone. And this is essential. And this is kind of what the woman did in Go- John's Gospel in the, the fourth chapter. Uh, she has an interaction with... Uh, with Jesus. And she's a Samaritan sinful woman and no Jewish man, respectable Jewish man would have this with her. But he's loving her. He's treating her with respect. And he says to you, madam you've had four husbands. And the guy you're shacking up with now, he's not your husband. And she's like, what? Uh, How does he know all this stuff? And basically he says, you're thirsting for something more. But all you've got is regular water. I will give you living water, and you will never thirst again. And she's so moved by this and uh, surprised by it that, she runs back into her community and she says, "Come and see the man who told me everything I've done." She's not worried about that. She's excited about that. Just come and see. Come, come and see. Just, you just got to meet this guy. That's what you can do. Just come with me. Just, just log in to church online. Just give it a try. Try it out. Now, this one's a little bit more awkward for me. Uh, when I dive into heavily on this, right? There's some, there's some awkwardness for me here. When I say, you really need to come to my church to hear me speak, that's a little weird, right? So you know what I do instead? I tell people about you. That's what I do. I say, you got to come and meet some of the best people in the world. The people at Into One, they are Into One. They make it come to life. And you would not believe the stories. You would not believe the experiences that are all housed together in this group that we call Into One. Periodically, we give out little invitation cards. to so try and make it as easy as, for you, as possible for you. So how do you share your faith? One thing you can do is just invite someone to church. That's what it looks like. Fourth, you can live a life That other people will want. Now, Paul and Silas, they did this. And it's another amazing story. Uh, You can read about it in Acts chapter 16. Uh, They get arrested, they get put in prison. And what do these nutty Jesus followers do? They go to prison in the middle of jail and they just decide it's time to start worshiping Jesus. So they're holding a worship service in jail. And, and the guard, the jailer is looking on. He's watching. He goes, Most people don't worship God when they're in jail. That's just not the way it works. Suddenly, there's an earthquake. God sends this, right? And the, the jail doors fly open. And they're all free. And the jailer's looking around. And he goes, oh, man, if my prisoners escape, then my bosses are going to come and kill me. They're going to do it painfully. I'm going to do it easily. I'll just kill myself, make it more painless. And Paul calls out, don't kill yourself. No, 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 it's cool. We're all still here. Don't worry. They're treating this guy with love and respect. And he looks at them and basically says, I want what you have. And the question that he asks is, what must I do to be saved? In other words, I've seen something in you and the way that you interact. I see that you have something that I do not have. That something that I do not have that you have is something that I want. What do I have to do? We're not meant to be salespeople for the gospel with a quota to hit. We are called to be free samples of life in the kingdom. There are those of you who when you get, uh, when you live with God in, in, in such a way that you find yourself in, in, in a hard circumstance, maybe, maybe you're in a place where you, you get diagnosed with cancer, but you're not rocked by it. You have this peace Through it, How do you do do that? People around you, they watch you, they say, how do you do that? And you just say, I've just got the grace of Jesus carrying me. Do you have a story like that? Do you have a place in your life where you can honestly just say, the grace of God transformed my life. And if you want to know what I have, I would love to tell you. I'd love to tell you what happened to me. I'm not going to jam it down your throat, but if you're interested, I'll I'll tell you. You can live in such a way that others are hungry or they're intrigued by what you have. And that's one of the reasons that we're going to pray, God, every day, give us opportunities to share our faith. May we be active. God, we pray for those that we love, that they would be active in sharing their faith. God, we pray that every day you would give us eyes to see divine opportunities and holy interruptions so that we could share our faith. Why? So that we have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. We have an outward focus. We share our faith more. We become comfortable with it and it just sort of bleeds out. We'll have positive spiritual momentum. It'll drive us forward. And this week, God, give us opportunity to share our faith and he will. When you do, let me show you three things that will happen. The first Thing is this, you get to play a part. You have a role in a divine story. This part is awesome. It really is when you get to look back on some of these moments, you get to play a part in someone else's spiritual story. You work in partnership with the Holy Spirit of God. You are living out exactly what it means to be on mission. You may simply be planting a seed. You might be the one who comes by to water the seed. You might just play a small part. But you might also be the one who's there at the harvest. But you get to make a difference in someone else's life. And you're releasing kindness. You are releasing the fruit of the Spirit. You are breathing life into the invisible kingdom of God that that, that someone might, might just never, they might never have ever been able to see it in that way before. And you breathe life into it. You expand it. When you do Oh man, that brings a quickening to you. It's a spiritual momentum. It's a faith into your own heart. It leaps. You get to play a part in in, in someone else's story. You are part of a divine story that's being told. Second thing is that when you share your faith, your faith grows. You face your fears. I'm nervous about doing it. You stare down some of those trepidations. I don't want to be the weird guy. Your faith grows and it grows and it grows. You have a, you're having a conversation with, with someone and you don't know the next thing to say. I don't know where this is supposed to go. And then, pop, something comes into your head and there's, there's a Bible verse there. And you go, oh, I could say that and this. Where did that come from? Like, God must have been involved in this moment, and then, and then you're praying for that person, and, and that goes on, and, and then well, there then was the another person, maybe you start praying for them as well, and, and you're, you're finding that you're praying that, God, make me ready. God, I need to be on, on my guard. I need to be um, alert and looking for these things, and your faith is growing, and your faith starts to expand. Your confidence expands, and when you face that fear, when you lean into this, this way of living, um, Living the way of the Spirit, your your trust is mobilized, It's, it's activated, and there's a quickening within you, and your connection to God, your need for a connection to God, it increases. And in those moments, you can almost sense the transformation happening in your own life. The Spirit is working in you. You risk in this area, and your faith can skyrocket. Why? Because when you share your faith, lives are changed. You get a deeper understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. And you have an outward focus towards people who are far from God. You gain understanding, empathy, and compassion for people who are far from God. And therefore, you want to do it more. You want more of it. You want to work in partnership with the Spirit in increasing measure. Final thing, when you share your faith, you are reminded of what you have in Christ. You're reminded of what you have. That's when you get that full understanding, right? There are some of you, there was a time in your life when you were were passionate about Jesus. Now is not that time. You're not passionate anymore. It It just kind of faded. It went away. And I can guarantee you, from the time that you were passionate until this moment right now, you stopped sharing your faith. I can guarantee you, because when when you're sharing your faith, something happens on the inside. You're telling people the story of of the gospel, and you're talking about forgiveness of sins to people who, who have never realized that God could forgive their sins. And it's like you're hearing it for the first time. When you tell it, you hear it. And when your ears hear your voice, declare your faith in God, you are encouraged, you are emboldened, you are preaching to yourself. And then, and then you talk about the promises of God and you tell them, yeah, it's not like God is going to just um, take away all the problems, your life's going to be perfect, you'll never have to suffer again. Instead, you'll go, but it's, it's not like that. I can tell you what it's like, but in the middle of those problems, God gives you a, a supernatural peace that goes beyond human understanding because we overcome, because we bear up under, and we come through. You remember stuff that you've forgotten that happened in your own life, and go, oh God, I remember when you did that for me. How, could, how did I forget that? Where did it go? The very Spirit of God moves into the life of the Jesus follower, and that Spirit convicts you and loves you and, and equips you and comforts you and, and empowers you, and suddenly, suddenly you're walking by faith and not by sight. You don't just serve a God who's uh, out to get you and who's vengeful and spiteful, but you have a loving relationship with a God that you can know. A God who speaks to you, a God who cares about you. All of a sudden, we're on the front lines, talking about the goodness of God. And when you're there, you can't be lukewarm, because you're filled with the fullness of all that God has. And suddenly you're having a deeper understanding, a deeper understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. When you share, you have a deeper understanding. That's what happens. It's growing. It's deepening for you. Your comprehension goes up. You have an outward focus. You want to share more because you connect with God in that time and it gives you purpose and meaning and it's about the experience of the blessings you have. It's not about following some religion that they've heard of. It's about a personal connection and that's why I'm encouraging you to pray every day for power. Keep praying for power because you need spiritual power to do whatever it is that you need to do but I'm praying for our church community that you would be active in sharing your faith in Christ because when you do, you see lives changed and lives might include yours you will grow in your understanding of every good thing that you have in christ and when you do that you can connect and work in partnership with the spirit of god and that invades all the different places of your life it's a wonderful place to be so kind father today i want to uh, ask that this community would be active in sharing their faith. I thank you in advance, God, that this week there will be opportunity after opportunity for us to share the good news and love of Jesus. And so we're nervous about that. But Father, I thank you in advance that those that we love are going to grow closer to you as you hear this prayer and that they see opportunities to share their faith. God, I thank you that uh, as we pray for opportunities, that you would help us to see them, that you would give us boldness to walk into them. God, I thank you that before this day even ends, many of us are going to have opportunities to serve someone in the name of Jesus, to love someone in the name of Jesus, to encourage someone in the name of Jesus, to listen to someone, someone who's hurting, and point them towards the goodness of your son Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to discern the right times to share the goodness of Jesus. God, I pray that every single day, this would be part of our prayer, that we would become active, looking for those divine opportunities to share our faith, to remind ourselves of what's already happened. Lives would be changed. It would cause us to grow in our understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Be at work in us, we pray. Be at work through us, we pray. Help us to break down barriers and open doors. In the name of Jesus, amen.